0: your spirit. Let us pray together the collect. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things which for our unworthiness we dare not. And for our blindness, we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: It's children, come on up here. <laughs> Excellent crowd. Let the army of the Lord assemble. Yes, we did. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's, you would stretch out your hands and pray with me as we pray for these young children as they go off to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless each and every one of these young people, that you would fill them, Lord God, with your wisdom, with your courage, and with your joy, Lord God. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. 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 I like this crowd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Amen. You can find it the right crowd.
2: This morning's first reading comes from Isaiah chapter 44, beginning at verse one. Yet here now. O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshuan, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on a dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants, and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. One will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand, the Lord's, and name himself by the name of Israel. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it forth before me. Who has announced from of old the things to come? Let them tell us what is yet to be. Fear not. Nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a god besides me? There is no rock I know not any. The word of the Lord.
0: Thank you, god. This morning's psalm is Psalm 139
2: beginning at verse 1. Please respond by the half-verse. O Lord, you have searched me and known me.
0: You know my sitting down, my rising up. You understand my thoughts far off.
2: You comprehend my path and my lying down.
0: You are acquainted with all my ways.
2: For there is not a word on my tongue. You have hedged me behind and before.
0: And your hand upon me.
2: Such knowledge is too wonderful for me.
0: It is hard. I cannot take it.
2: Where can I go from your spirit?
0: Or where can I flee from your presence?
2: If I ascend into heaven, you are there.
0: If I take my head in hell, behold.
2: If I take wings of the morning,
0: and dwell in the heavenly hearts of, of the sea,
2: even there your hand shall lead me,
0: and your right hand shall hold me.
2: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, it is now.
3: Our New Testament reading this morning is from Romans chapter 8, 12 through 18. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The word of the Lord.
4: hearts as we hear his holy gospel, the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory Glory to you, Lord Lord Christ. Christ. We are reading from Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, beginning at verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Jesus answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burn in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their fathers. He who has ears to hear, let him hear the gospel of our Lord.
1: speak to our hearts through the power of your word. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Is everybody ready for summer? <laughs> I noticed it was a little warm today. Um, my family and I, if you don't know, spent a week in Arizona last week, so we're glad to be back It is much cooler here. Uh, We had a wonderful time, so thank you for your prayers. Uh, We were up high at a high elevation in Arizona, so it was uh, high 80s, low 90s, not the 120s that you hear about, uh, which are horrible. Uh, And as I've been telling everyone, is that it was always about 69 degrees for me because I stayed inside and put the air conditioner down really low. So we had a great time. Thank you very much. Uh, Bishop? Kessler today is in Tucson because yesterday his mother-in-law, Karen's mother, turned 97. And that's a lot. That doesn't happen every day. And that's not the kind of thing you can skip. So uh, continue to pray for him and Karen as they'll be traveling back this week. Um, And many others. Many of you, many others, a lot of folks are traveling now. A lot of folks down to Mexico, different places. So uh, we are grateful for summer. Grateful to travel and grateful for cool, cool weather now. During the summer, we are, we're, have been on this journey through the readings and the lectionary. Uh, It's, it's ordinary time. And as I like to share, you know, ordinary time is anything but ordinary. We begin ordinary with the Feast of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit in us, through us, guiding us, teaching us, all these things happening. That's, Extraordinary, that's above ordinary, and then we go through these readings, and lately, our readings, a lot of them recently have been out of the Gospel of Matthew, out of chapter 13, and Jesus is talking to us in parables. And that is what we're hearing today in the Gospel lesson, was an explanation of one of the parables that Jesus had shared. And, of course, it's, it's the king or the owner of the field sows wheat. And in the night, the enemy sows tares, which are weeds. And they grow up together. And in this, in this uh, parable, Jesus is trying to give us a clue, uh, revealing something to us, telling us something about this is what real life is like. I want to read a, a passage in there. Um, Just prior to this, uh, in in Matthew 13, in verse 35, actually, he's quoting from a psalm, but 34, All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophets, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So in these fair parables, we can trust that Jesus is revealing to us something important, something hidden since the foundation of the world. We can learn something about it. Now, he normally starts his parables with uh, something like, and the kingdom of God is like, or I think in this case, it's like, and the kingdom of God can be compared to. So he's revealing to us something important about the way the world is, That we can understand how we are to live in the world as it is. Something that's been hidden. And I would say one thing he's talking about growing something and that there are weeds there. And I have a yard and I can relate to this. (laughs) I worked hard and I have pulled a lot of weeds. But they are relentless. I have more weeds to pull. So Jesus is using a parable about something I understand to help me understand something I don't. Right? And I want to I put, as we talk about this, I want to put into your ideas and your thinking something about this. And I want to use a couple of words that I want to compare to. And the first one is, it's telos. People in churches use this all the time, telos, telos. It's a word that means the ultimate goal, the end goal, the purpose of a thing, the purpose of a thing. Decades ago, Bishop Davidson preached a series here on the telios man. Telios would be, I'm going to have to defer to Phil, uh, it's an adjective. Telos is a noun. Telios is an adjective. Meaning, it describes the noun. Telios man, is this is the man who defines the purpose of man, and that is Jesus. Jesus defines the purpose of man. Jesus defines the purpose of you. And what is that purpose, right? Well, if I look at my yard, the purpose of my yard is not weeds. (laughs) I have different plants out there, some flowers and some succulents and whatnot, but it's not weeds. So, in addition to telos, the other word there I want to throw out for your thinking about is corruption. And corruption is a, it's like rot or decay, or you can think of corruption as like a, a bribe. A bribe corrupts justice. It's something that takes the purpose of a thing and diminishes it. It takes away from, it hinders, it breaks it somehow. Rust is corruption in the midwest where they have snow and they put salt on the roads rust can destroy your car if you've lived there you know it's like rust decay rot bribes and so when we're looking at that the purpose and the purpose of my yard the purpose of this field to grow wheat and the corruption of the wheat those are the things that i want to keep in mind as we as we think on what is jesus revealing to us about the world as it is talking about wheat and weeds. Now, I I read the news. I read the news. I follow politics. I follow world events. I keep track of all of those things. And to me, it seems even more lately than at other times in my life, there is a lot of corruption that's visible, a lot of corruption that you can see. And, you know, I don't like it. I think it's bad. It's hindering the joy, the happiness, the fruitfulness, the prosperity of me, my family, our community, the world. It is It is somehow against what God intended the world to be. And I look at that, and maybe you do too, and I say, oh, God, yank out those weeds and throw them in the fire. <laughs> yank them out, right? But... We read the parable, and it says there that the servants of the sower, the king, came to him and said, look, weeds, I thought you sowed good seeds. Let us go and yank them out. And the king says, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to let them grow up, and at the end of the age, the telos of creation... The purpose or ultimate goal of who you are then will harvest the whole thing. And the weeds will then go in the fire and the wheat will shine like the sun. So, okay, so now when I'm watching the news, I have to stop saying, yank out the weeds. <laughs> God has a different plan. When I think about my own self, I can look at myself as a garden. Or in other parables, Jesus talks about our heart as like the soil that they sow the seeds on. And I can look at my own self and say, oh, that's a weed. (laughs) Yeah, there's a weed in my heart. And when I go to God with a weed in my heart, I don't say, yank it out. (laughs) I say, be careful. (laughs) Let's do this surgically. Let's be gentle. Let's let's not yank it out quite vigorously. Because I do want the good things that God has sown into my heart to flourish and to grow. I want to care for my own heart. I want to care for my own garden. And I want God as my partner in that thing to not yank out the whole thing and throw it in the fire. Um, Now, there is another problem, and that's I can look at the whole world, and I can look at myself, and then I can look at my neighbor. And now what do I do? You know, I have a, I have a good idea that it's um, easy for us to see the faults in our neighbor. Maybe easier than it is to see our own weeds. Okay, I'm not making this up. You know where I'm going. In uh, Matthew 7, this is toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking, and he says, and I'm looking at Matthew 7 in the first three verses. Judge not that you be not judged. Wait a minute. I know a weed when I see it. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Right? Okay, now there's a challenge. Because I know that there are weeds in my life, but I will tell you that there is a good chance that there is a weed in my life I can't see. And probably that particular weed is the one that makes me really annoyed at the speck in your eye. Right? (laughs) Gentle. (laughs) Let's gently pull those out. There is an admonition that Jesus is giving to us as he's preaching on the Sermon on the Mount to be what? Good. Love your neighbor. Be better than you are. Learn about, find the weeds. Let God pull those weeds out gently to make you better, that you might be of some assistance to your brothers and sisters in the Lord and help them with maybe the specks they can't see. Right? Well, that's hard because then I have brothers in the Lord and sisters that will come to me and say, you know what's wrong with you? (laughs) That's not the moment I want to listen carefully, but it is the moment I probably ought to. Learning for us to grow in the Lord and become better and right and good is hard. We've got to pick out those weeds, right? But it is not, you know, I want to, I want to say it's, it's not that hard, and you're not alone, and you're not the rotten scoundrel that you think you are. Maybe you are, but not really in that way. And what I want to do is just remind you of this reading that we had in the New Testament, talking about our purpose. What is our purpose? Who are we to be? Fruitful, wheat, good, true, beautiful. One of the verses in our New Testament readings was that, For as many of you are as led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You are sons of God. That applies even to you daughters of God. (laughs) You are children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You You are set free. And I want to call out a particular fear because we've had a, We've had a pandemic of fear over the last many years, and it's still out there. And I'll tell you, I feel sometimes like I'm not that afraid. You know, I'm old, I have less to lose. (laughs) Right? I mean, do the math. When I was young and everything was before me, I can tell you there were things that made me afraid. Uh, I had children going hungry, I had to get to work, I was afraid. Losing my job from time to time, not every day. So to act in courage, for me, I had to trust God. I had to trust God in a big way because in a real sense, I will say, being a husband and a father, I had bitten off more than I could chew. I was out in a world that was against me, and I had a lot of responsibility. So I, I know what it is to fear. And I know that in fear, you can be a slave. That's what it means to be in bondage. I'm a slave. I want to go out and do this thing because I know God's called me to. And fear says, nope, you're going to do what I say instead because you're my slave. That's not our purpose. That's not the telos that God created us to be. And in fact, Jesus, through his death on the cross... Wiping away all of our sins and raising us to new life has made us so that's not who we are and it's not who we will be. He has given us a different purpose, a purpose that he has ordained for us, that he has created for us. And in that fulfillment of that purpose that God has given us, then we look at God and we don't say, well, we do. <laughs> Almighty king and creator, we are so bad, stop eating us. No, the relationship that we have with God, the relationship that Jesus taught us and enabled us to have is that we can look at God, our creator, our sanctifier, our, our salvation and say, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, you are my father. And this is... Uh, You know, I've often thinks about this, right, because I had a good good father. My father's a great guy, uh, gave me a lot of things. I benefited a lot from him. I know that my father in heaven is better, um, even than my dad. And I say that because it's, it's really easy to be a terrible father. I'm not sure I'm as good a father as my father was, and so my children are handicapped by that, my own human frailties and limitations. But I'm not the definition of father. I am an example of a father that aspires to be better. But our father in heaven is the best father. Whatever you hope for, imagine, or desire in a father that would be the greatest father, that's who he is, right? It's like the kind of things that my father did for me is that when I was afraid and I was broke and I was in trouble, he'd say, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Dad, I need money. Yeah, I've been there. Uh no, he wasn't that bad. He he was uh he provided a lot of good advice and input in my life. He had good counsel and he he rescued me time again from things that I needed rescuing from that was easy for him to do. And I didn't have to be afraid of him. I could tell him what I felt. I could tell him what I needed. I could be open and sharing and honest with all those things. And that's your, your Abba Father. Your God in heaven is your, your Father, that ideal, that best Father, that best Father that has your best interests in his heart for you. Not someone who's competing with you or judging you, but who desires what is good and right and best for you. And I think about that, right? And it's like, thank God. And I wonder, I wonder. this is kind of a different idea, but you know, from time to time, it's like um, all that saying, our Father in heaven, does he really, can I stand up here and say to you that God wants you to be happy? And I'm not sure. Because I have this great example, this history of martyrs and apostles and the suffering and the sacrifice they made. If that was what God had for them, is it his desire that I be happy? Happy? Right? Now, let me think. We're talking again about this this field, the world, where God has sown the good seed of the gospel. And the enemy has sown weeds. Who do you trust to know what it is to be happy? And so I look I look always to the Beatitudes because it's just blessed are the, which we always translate as happy is the man who, to be blessed is to be happy. Okay, let's just see. God wants you to be happy. What's he got in mind? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. This is not too bad, right? I can walk that walk. It doesn't sound all that horrible. (laughs) Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Wait. That's not making me happy. (laughs) For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yes, God wants you to be happy. But it's not the kind of happy that the world has in mind. And when they distract you and they draw you away from what God is calling you to do, you get less. You experience corruption. You experience rot. You experience something that's not quite the purpose that God intended. Even though... That purpose that God has called you to walk in might involve suffering. Or, more personally, you might have to uh, yank out those weeds (laughs) in your own heart. You might have to yank out those weeds. Because God has called you to be something purposeful and important. You know. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Oh boy, (laughs) that's the path to happiness. And it is a path that we can accept and we can follow without fear because he set us free from that bondage and he has made it so that we can call out to God, Father, help me out here. I'm adrift, I'm lost, I need help. Rescue me. And know that he hears you, knows that he cares about you, know that he's watching over you. And I've I've focused on this story, and it's not just here in the gospel. Jesus giving us a vision into the world as it is so that we might understand that in the world there's weeds. But he wants to encourage us. I mentioned that, that verse out of Romans but there's also the verses that we had in our Old Testament lesson that were uh, here now of Jacob, my servant, and Israel whom I have chosen. He's chosen you. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb. It's a very pro-life message. And it's a pro-life about you. Form you from the womb. Who will help you? Fear not. Fear not. O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshron, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. The promises that God has are great for you. They are for your good. He cares about you. He doesn't want you to be thirsty. He wants you to have water, not just water, water you drink, but like in a very way in your life when, there's, when you are thirsty in your life for something. He's going to be the one who's going to provide that water to satisfy that thirst. The whole psalm, Psalm 139 is the same thing. It's an encouragement to you, and you need to walk away encouraged. You need to walk away encouraged. In the, uh, in the Psalm 139, it starts out with a story. It's like, where can I go where you are not? And, you know, I've told that story many times about hide and seek with God, right? He always wins. No matter where you go, God will be there because he cares about you. And in the Psalm today, even said, I can take wings of the morning, dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, and even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall uphold me. God is always going to be with you, and he's always going to be that Abba Father for you. And I want, I want to close with this, knowing that, having that confidence, being sure that we are not bound up in fear. I want to, I want to leave this, this one thought with you, and that's this. In the parable, when did the enemy sow the weeds a tear is a weed when did the enemy sow the weeds while men were sleeping while men were sleeping so with that with that confidence that you have that God is with you side by side and you're looking for those weeds don't be sleeping here endeth the lesson please stand we'll continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, in accordance with the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
4: Brothers and sisters, God has adopted us as his children and has called us each by name. Therefore, let us bring our requests confidently before our Father in heaven. For the church... That she will proclaim with conviction God's redemptive, redemptive plan for the whole world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For the conversion of Islam and other world religions and philosophies that are in opposition to the word of God. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For the nations that justice and freedom will be afforded to each citizen, especially the poor and the defenseless. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all who are employed, that they will carry out their work with integrity as if the Lord Himself has asked them to do it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our inner cities, that peace, justice, prosperity, and hope will replace violence, injustice, poverty, and despair. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our ears to hear and our eyes to see and a heart to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those who care for the sick, and God's mercy will be their motivation. Lord, in your mercy,
1: hear our prayer. God, most holy, there is no God beside
4: you. Hear
1: our prayer and fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may be transformed into the image of your Son, We ask this through his most precious name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Lord.
4: Got a mic on somewhere? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? How about now? <laughs> yes. Okay. We have just a few announcements. Uh, you'll, you'll notice them up here on the screens as, uh, as we read them out. We have a women's meeting at 10 a.m. on the 5th of August. See Mia Harris or Debbie Powell for information. We also have a men's meeting at 8 a.m. on uh, the 12th, and uh, see Father Ann Harris for that. The really, uh, really big one is Fire Night, and that's coming up on 7.30 p.m. on August 2nd. I believe that's a Wednesday, correct? Yes, Wednesday, August 2nd. And it will be here at church. Uh, If you've not been to a Fire Night, it's amazing. It's a great time of worship and prayer. Uh, Finally, it is summertime, and if you um, are able to come out and help us volunteer for the food ministry on Mondays, please do.
1: Amen. Yeah, I want to share with you also something. Um, Bishop Bates, the Archbishop of the CEC, is going is traveling this summer, and he will be here next Sunday and the Sunday after preaching. So uh, keep him and his travels in your prayer. We've got a lot of people traveling. If you don't know what to pray for this summer, pray for people that are traveling. Bishop Bates will be here from Thursday the 27th. Amen, brother. (laughs) I feel the same way sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Bissy Bates will be here Thursday. He gets here Thursday night, and he's going to be around for a little over a week. So he'll be preaching this coming Sunday and the Sunday after that. And um, so it'll be be fun to have him around. Interesting to hear what he has to say to us. And uh, I think also an opportunity for us to minister to him in his life. So keep that in your prayers. That's happening.
4: Amen. Right. Amen. We'll continue with our operatory. I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord. That's all I need.
1: Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: Lift up your hearts.
0: We lift them up to the Lord.
1: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Amen. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death. And called us to the glory that has made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. Therefore these gifts we pray by sending down your Holy Spirit upon them so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples saying, take eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise, he gave the cup to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Susan, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Chuck Adler, the House family, Soledad, Ed, Bishop Kessler. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Lord, have mercy on us all. Lord, you have made us worthy to share eternal life with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, and with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. For I am not you
0: under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
1: Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world.
0: Can hear the sound The kingdom is coming Yes, the kingdom is coming
1: In Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of our souls. Amen. I want to bless you, but I was thinking that song as we were singing, you know, Jesus will rebuild, Jesus will restore. And and I was thinking about that as we were seeing that earlier. Uh, because, like, the blessing I want you to have this week is to go pull some weeds, right? <laughs> to be a, an able gardener of your own heart. That you would pull those weeds and God would give you grace. But I was reminded, too, of what uh, Jesus says in Revelation, is that I make all things new. So when you stand without fear, because God has set you free you can also know he makes all things new. So don't be afraid to pull some weeds. Don't be afraid of anything. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.